It's the Pistons Pod. Here's your host, Matt Derry. Welcome, everybody. It is the Pistons Pod right here at Pistons.com. A just joyous last couple of days here in the Motor City as our Detroit Pistons will be picking first in next month's NBA Draft Tuesday night NBA Draft Lottery. The Pistons have the second-best odds or tied for the best odds with Houston and Orlando to grab the top pick in the upcoming draft, and the Pistons win. The Pistons win the lottery. Ben Wallace, future Hall of Famer, locked and loaded, going to Springfield, representing the Pistons at the Performance Center via satellite, is the good luck charm for the Pistons. It came down to Detroit and Houston for the top pick, Hakeem Olajuwon representing the Rockets, Hakeem versus Big Ben, and the Pistons get the top pick in the draft for the first time since 1970 when they took the dauber, the great Bob Lanier. Coming up on the show today, Keith Langloy will join me from Pistons.com. We'll get his thoughts on the uh, what turned out to be a raucous night on Tuesday evening as the Pistons get the number one pick in the draft. Also, you'll hear a couple of uh, snippets and the sound bites from General Manager Troy Weaver uh, on the uh, flagship station, radio station for the Pistons, 97-1, the ticket on Wednesday morning, talking about uh, his reaction to getting the top pick and also asked about who could be the number one pick. And, of course, Troy is going to leave his options open and not tip his hand right now. But what about Cade Cunningham, the uh, 6'8", uh, do-everything guard from Oklahoma State, and would he be a fit here in Detroit? So we're going to hear that stuff momentarily. I, I just want to say this. As somebody that has been around this organization for a long time, um, cover the team, host of the pre- and post-game shows, I'm hosting this Pistons pod now, um, what this means for this franchise is so well-deserved. Okay, so well deserved. We know all of us that are listening to this right now and listening to me right now, you know this. Detroit sports teams have struggled. It's been a struggle over the last few years. You've got rebuilds going on in Allen Park with the Lions, downtown at Comerica Park with the Tigers, and at LCA with the Red Wings, too. And so the Pistons in this restoration or restore, as General Manager Troy Weaver calls it, the Pistons did this the right way. They did this the right way. Last year, they lost a lot of basketball games. Some can call it tanking. Some can call it getting younger. Whatever you call it, this organization did not ever lose its luster or disgrace itself to the city and to its fans, meaning they were trotting out all G-leaguers. They weren't trying. Troy Weaver wasn't having that. Last year's draft, he used it to springboard this year. He played these guys. Dwayne Casey played these guys. There wasn't a coaching change. All right, we're just going to bring in a younger, cheaper coach to run a young team. Not at all. Owner Tom Gorris, the front office, everybody, still paid Dwayne Casey the money to coach this team last year. And they lost a lot. But they learned. They gained experience. The players tried hard. They were in so many games despite being a 20-win team. And then last night or Tuesday night, they get rewarded with the number one pick. Now, again, ping pong balls have a way of, uh, uh, of, it's a lot of it's luck. But this year, it's just nice. It's nice to, to, to wake up on Wednesday and know the Pistons are grabbing the number one pick. Troy Weaver, the general manager at the helm, is going to look at a lot of different people, a lot of different options. But what he showed last year is great resolve and great smarts. And, and, and his scouting department, everybody 
in picking really good basketball players. And now a chance to pick a, a, a great player and somebody that could be a franchise changer at number one. Um, but it just, you know, all those years, going back to Joe Dumars, Stan Van Gundy, Ed Stefanski, all these people that have run the team have had no lottery luck ever. You know, good odds, bad odds, doesn't matter. And, and now to, to get a bounce of the ping pong ball, to get the number one pick, it's refreshing. It's fun. And I think for this franchise, it's huge and very well-deserved. I mentioned before that uh, Troy was on with uh, Stoney and Jansen this morning on 97 won the ticket, the flagship radio station for Detroit Pistons basketball. And uh, you can hear that entire interview at 971theticket.com. But we want to play a couple of clips for you here before we bring Keith Langloy on. Uh, Troy was asked his reaction, his response to um, Tuesday night, what took place, and getting that number one pick. Take a listen. You prepare for the worst and hope for the best. But, I mean, hey, uh, we were fortunate enough to come up with the number one pick, and we'll take it. But um, I, I had a good feeling about things going in. I didn't know quite this good at one, but I had a pretty good feeling that we would, uh, you know, land in the uh, top five. What's the evaluation process for you like? Is it cut and dry? Do you know who you want? Or will you still continue to evaluate all of those that could possibly take in at the top of the draft? Uh, absolutely, we'll continue to evaluate top of the draft, explore every option that's out there. So um, we have to continue to do our work and be prepared for the 29th. Troy was also asked by the guys about Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State and what he thinks of him. Versatility as a player. Um, skill set is versatility, the best attributes on the floor, off the floor. Um, his leadership abilities. Um, you know, uh, he brings a winning attitude. Uh, so there's a lot to like uh, about what he brings to the table. As promised today, our guest here on the Pistons Pod, right here at Pistons.com. You read him on this very website each and every day. Senior editor uh, for the Pistons and Pistons.com, Keith Langloy, joining me. Keith, a lot of fun, man, on uh, on Tuesday night, huh? Yeah, it really was. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that Pistons fans with long memories uh, you know, know that, that the, the lottery has not been coming to them, so as as those, you know, you, you, you know what the order is and you, you hope it stays true to that so that because every time it goes out of order, it means somebody has jumped ahead and that means, you know, there's one less spot at the top four pick the Pistons can get. So when uh, I think it was Toronto that we saw moved up and Cleveland moved up, you thought, oh boy, but, you know, that, that also meant uh, and that was at Cleveland spot. That was the that was the fifth pick. So when the Pistons still card still didn't come up, you knew they were a top four pick, and and uh, that was that was pretty good. You know, if you're a Pistons fan, conditioned to lottery failure, you probably before the night started, you probably said, "I'll I'll be good with anything in the top four And then then after that, it was all gravy. But of course, once the cards started coming up and the Pistons still weren't there, you know, we were we were at the uh, at the at the uh, Pistons' new headquarters there in, in the Performance Center, and they had, 
you know, guests of uh, sponsors and, and season ticket holders having a reception there, and we could hear the excited shouts in the background as uh, as 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 it got closer to the top, and then of course when. When the Houston's card was revealed at two, the place kind of erupted, and yeah, it was a, it was kind of a, a very unique and strange feeling, and, and a lot of excitement in the room. And this can finally put an end to all the Darko jokes and memes, right? I, maybe I hope so. I, you know, I was just uh, doing Pistons mailbag this week, and some Alec asked if there was an obscure big man in Europe. They are big. They're looking to take with the top there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's actually pretty. That's actually pretty good. I did that. That's all right. I, you know, it's just, you know, you and I were talking before I hit record here. I mean, they did this right this past year, and 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 they 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 played hard and. They put good people at the top. They they key. They're keeping good people around with Dwayne Casey, and and they finally got rewarded. It's it's just a nice change of pace for once. Yeah, Matt. You know you're right with uh, with with Troy Weaver. I, look, the one thing that that we know about general managers is that it, in the personnel evaluation game, you're going to be you're going to be wrong if you make. And the more personnel moves you make, the more draft picks you make, the more trades you make, the more free agent signings you make. There, there's a you're opening up your, yourself for chances to be wrong. And in Troy Weaver, if we know one thing about him over the first year, he's unafraid to, to make moves. So, yeah, he he is he went out of his way to you know to to get the kind of types of players that he likes and that he thinks Dwayne Casey can can mold into you know a cohesive team. Um, turned over the roster completely. You know, Seku Dumbuya and, and Servitus, the two. 2019 draft picks are the only two of the 17 players who finished the season on the roster who precede Troy Weaver, and he just just hit his one-year anniversary on the job. So, yeah, he, he, he they absolutely have a clear idea of the type of people they want and the type of team they want, and they haven't strayed from that. And that's, you know, once the bullets start flying, you always can rationalize and, and, and cut corners and say, we'll make an exception here. They have not made any exceptions, and uh, and Troy is very clear. He is not going to make any exceptions. They're going to get the type of people that they want to win with. And, uh, you know, you look you look at the way they played. I think it was evident in the way they played this year. Even though, you know, they won 20 games, lost 52, they were in, in most games. Um, their point differential uh, was, you know, significantly better than some of the teams that finished with similar records. They were they were a, they were more competitive than you would expect a twenty and fifty two team to be, but also a very very young team. And we know those teams, you know, it's hard to win in the last five minutes when you had as as little experience as the Pistons have. And you know, the, the other side of that coin is they picked up a lot of experience this year. That that as Dwayne Casey told us repeatedly this year, look, this will pay dividends down the road, um, and if they continue to get players who put winning uh, first. If they continue to get players who put team above individual, then yeah, I think I think it's going to be, you know, that that's the blueprint that look that's the blueprint that has led to success in the past year. That's the blueprint that Pistons fans are accustomed to and 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 really uh, embrace. So yeah, it's uh, it was uh, last night was I think for for those people who, that that have you know some emotional investment in the future of the franchise, it was a very very good night. Keith Langloy, of course, covers the team for Pistons.com, joining me here on the Pistons pod. All right, so, you know, Troy has always said, here's the type of players we want, and we want Pistons, you know, and then 
even got into talking about Ben Wallace being the lucky charm and, and representing the team for the lottery, saying Ben is a personification of what a Piston is. Now you, you get to the top of the draft, the very, very top. Sure, you want Pistons, but when you're drafted number one, you, you want the most talented guy too. So what about that balance? Yeah, um, I, 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 again, I don't think Troy's going to waver from his blueprint. You know, he, you just you can widen your pool um, when you're drafting at the top. You, you don't have to, you know, when you're maybe when you're drafting tenth uh, or twelfth, you you have to say, okay, we got this guy who exudes Pistons qualities, but he's you know he's he can't shoot or he's, his his ball handling is is lacking or his body type isn't perfect. Well, when you when you get up to the top of the draft, hopefully you know he's going to be looking at a pool of players who have. And who you know check off all the boxes from physical and skill standpoints, but also you know they also check off the boxes that Troy and Dwayne are looking at as far as toughness and grit and and character, defensive mindset, you know, selflessness, all those things. So yeah, I think uh, and by all accounts, look, we all know the names at the top of the draft. The reports on those guys from character standpoints, if there's if there's red flags with any of those guys, I haven't heard about it. Um, you know, everybody says Cade Cunningham is kind of like a Pied Piper type player. Uh, he was on one of the most loaded high school teams in history at Montford in Florida with other guys like Moses Moody and Dayron Sharp and uh, who was it, uh, Scotty Barnes, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah, the, I mean, and he was the clear, you know, alpha male of that group. Um, so I, I think, I think it's hard to, for me to believe that he's not going to check off those boxes. Uh, Evan Mobley, the same thing. Haven't heard anything but, but good things about him. Um, you know, Jalen Green and Brian Shaw was his coach with the G League. He raves about his, he compared him to Kobe. You know, Shaw worked with Kobe when he was a young player with the Lakers. He compared him to Kobe as far as having that type of killer mentality and, and work ethic. So, look, the guy, it's, it's, uh, Troy said, uh, you know, he came out and said last night, they're basically, you know, realistically, there's five guys he'll be looking at with the number one pick. I think. I think the, all five of those guys already check off, you know, the boxes that Troy and, and Dwayne really value from character and toughness standpoints. And then it's a matter of, you know, looking at at skill and, and long-term potential and who's going to be the best player for the Pistons, you know, two, three years down the road and, and into the future. Keith, uh, and I know you asked that question of Troy last night. It was a good one. Um, what about, you know... <laughs> Every Troy's going to hear about it because he pays attention, and we all do. But all the draft experts, everybody's going to say, like you said, that Cade is going to be the guy. But what do you think Troy's mindset is going to be this next month in kind of shushing folks and and really looking at everything, including trades and and just about everything? Like he said, everything's on the table. Yeah, and I, I think everything is on the table, and I I I think it's unlikely that that a trade is going to be that he's going to trade out of number one. Uh, I wouldn't bet on that, but I think, you know, of course you leave open the possibility. Um, you know, his old boss in Oklahoma city, Sam Presti, has got like a million number one picks over the next seven years. I, you know, I, if, if Oklahoma city really wants Cade Cunningham and, you know, I, I think that scenario is a little less likely now because Oklahoma city fell to six last night. So if he, they had fallen to three, if the Pistons had one and Oklahoma city had three and Troy thinks, there wasn't much of a gap between one and three. Then I think that would have been a, a greater possibility. So, but I, you know, I, I would have been the only thing that would have perked up my ears if, if if Troy would have said last night when he asked if, if a trade is a possibility, he said absolutely not. We're keeping the pick. I, I think that is by far the most likely outcome. They keep the pick, but 
uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, 10 minutes after the lottery results are revealed, you want to leave open possibilities. He's saying that as much or more to his 29 peers around the league. Yeah, give me a call. Let's let's talk. It, it can't hurt to listen to offers. And if somebody is going to bend over backwards and offer you the, the sun and the moon for the number one pick and, and you see you, oh, that the bounty you're getting in return is going to have – great potential to you know as he calls it further the restoration process of course you'd listen but i i, I again i'd be surprised i think they i think when they go on the clock the pistons are going to step up there and, and make their pick and and they've got uh, you know the next five weeks to figure out if it's Cade cunningham or evan mobley or jalen green or somebody else keith langloy with me from pistons.com um the thing about cunningham you know and you, and you i know you talk to pistons fans all the time whether it's twitter or the mailbag and Certainly, I, I do too. When I, when they pop up and they're nice to us on social media, but yeah. you know, it's like, you know, well, they took Killian Hayes last year, so they can't take another ball handler this year. Whether you're talking about Cunningham or whomever, but you know this, Keith, right? How much has the game changed to where, yeah, you may take back back to back guards or ball handlers that you can play three or four point guards now. It's it's the, it's a different game than it used to be, right? Well, it absolutely is, but the thing is, the thing about that is, you know, this isn't a situation like, you know, for one recent and relevant example, Cleveland drafted Colin Sexton one year and, and Darius Garland the next. I can see where that might be problematic because they're both kind of two undersized point guards. Killian Hayes is six five, and Cade Cunningham is six eight. Cunningham, he he might be a uh, he might he might someday be a primary playmaker. But he's, I don't think he's ever going to be the point guard. You know, somebody's got to bring the ball down court. You don't want we're cutting in doing that. Uh, I don't see any, you know, this would be like saying, let's say that in 1993, uh, was it 93 or 94 when they drafted Grand Hill? You know, if, if Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars had still been in their prime at that time, would you have said, well, we can't draft Grand Hill? Right. <laughs> yeah. The ball is no, I would have <laughs> been very intrigued to see what a lineup of Thomas – Dumars in their prime would do with the young Grant Hills, and I, this is, you know, uh, this is absolutely the same thing. I, right. I, but you, but you wouldn't have drafted Jason Kidd if you had Isaiah in his prime, um, right? Well, maybe. maybe but, <laughs> but what if but what if Jason Kidd was clearly the best player, and there yeah. wasn't a Grant Hill as an option? Right. I still think you go ahead and draft the best player, and then sort it out from there. But yeah, especially in this day and age, when you know. You, I'd look, I think I think if it is Cunningham um, at a at six eight playmaking ball handler type, he opens up lineup possibilities. You can play almost any lineup combination you want when you get a guy like that. You know, you you could have Cunningham could be the the two next to next to Hayes. He could be the three. You can go small and play him at the four. You know, when you've got guys who can handle the ball and shoot and have size, aren't giving up anything from a size standpoint. It, 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 especially in an era where you want to switch defensively like that, look, I mean, th- this opens lineup possibilities at both ends of the floor because Cunningham at six eight, if he's the guy, would uh, be a guy who that obviously can can switch very easily. Uh, Hayes at six five, uh, a very you know, and, and a sturdy six five, is a guy who <clears throat> also can switch very easily. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see. Excuse me, I don't see a lot of overlap there. Keith, tell me about uh, this has to, you know, anybody that doubted Ben Wallace being a Hall of Famer, this cemented it last night. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this was the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah. And he said very clearly, I don't need any good luck charm. I'm a good luck charm. Oh, man. I, I put in too much 
hard work for this not to turn out well. So it just—I don't know if he had any fun. influence on it, but yeah, it, it was certainly—it uh, was certainly fitting that you know, with the direction that the Pistons are going, um, with the type of players they're looking to bring in, the guy who who really does, as Troy said, epitomizes those qualities was representing them last night and things turned out the way they did and you don't you don't even look at and even think about it until maybe you watch the replays or people are posting them on social media but at the end it comes down to ben wallace versus akeem it's pretty sweet i was i didn't really realize it at the time but you look back on it and go all right ben wallace just uh, just beat elijah one not bad keith it's uh, always been a pleasure my friend uh, have fun with this the next few weeks and we'll talk again soon all right thanks man Keith Langloy, the great Keith Langloy from Pistons.com, senior writer, senior editor, joining us today on the pod. We thank you for listening. And, of course, the audio courtesy of 97.1 The Ticket earlier uh, from Troy Weaver, Pistons general manager, who uh, holds the keys to the car that will drive number one in the upcoming NBA draft on July 29th. Pistons are on the clock, folks. This is awesome. And uh, love seeing Ben Wallace, of course, the Hall of Famer representing the Pistons on Tuesday night. Love the fact that he got to uh, high-five an arm bar. Kevin Gregg, longtime uh, Pistons media relations guy, the VP of media relations, uh, and also Mike Abdenauer, the legendary trainer, of course, all in the room as well. A lot of fun, certainly on Tuesday night, and well-deserved. Now the Pistons uh, will be in the spotlight. Don't forget they also have three second-round picks coming up on July 29th. All right, this is Matt Derry. This has been the Pistons Pod. We'll be previewing the draft the next few weeks. Stay tuned right here at Pistons.com.